welcome to Talking About Midlife, where we talk about life living in a female body in our midlife. We talk about health, love, relationships, our inner world, aging, death, motherhood, and what it means to be a human at this time in the world. I am Kelly Sterling, and I hope you enjoyed listening to these stories that I'm sharing. Kelly here. Thanks for listening today. I'm going to talk today about the concept of self-sabotage and um, how we get in our own way sometimes. And I've been thinking about this quite a lot because I think it's a concept that we don't really understand super well. So we does self-sabotage even really exist? I don't even know that that's a really good way to describe it. And I say that looking at it through a somatic experiencing lens. You know, over the years, having worked with a lot of people where I just think it was really obvious what's going on and why they end up in the same type of relationships or have the same type of conflict you know, or especially in the workplace uh, with a lot of leaders that I've worked with over the year, they get the same consistent feedback all the time. And I think what happens to a lot of people is a lot of their attachment, trauma or stress in their body is just playing out a cycle of trying to connect with people in a way that's going to heal whatever attachment wounds that they have. I love I think I heard Diane Paul Heller talk about this one day and she said we always attract our unfinished business. So what she means by that is the stuff that we need to heal, we seem to attract that in others when we're around them. Why do I say is it a thing? So when I look at it from a somatic experiencing lens, you know, what I see is when we're doing this work, we're healing old stress and trauma that's stored in the body. So the autonomic nervous system drives a lot of our behaviour and if we have a lot of this old stress and trauma in our body, that's playing out every day in our interactions with other human beings. And our nervous systems are always kind of connecting all the time. You know, we're mammals, that's what they do. So when we are looking at other people, when we meet them on the street, our nervous system's always looking at them and and assessing is safety or assessing risk really. Is this person safe? Can I trust them? Is it okay for me to talk to them? Can I engage with them? What should I do? Uh, and the more we do this somatic work, the more aware we become of the sensations, the emotions, the feelings that come up inside of us. And we can be with them and be present with them in the moment. So when we're not conscious to all of that, it becomes more autonomic, more reactive, more reactionary. So remember that your nervous system works at about three or four times faster than your logical brain. So your autonomic nervous system has to work at this speed because it's your body's safety system. It has to keep you safe and keep you alive. 
So sometimes, you know, when we feel threatened or we might feel a little bit uncomfortable or we might have these sensations in our body, you know, we react from that. So if we're connecting with another person and we have particular feelings come up or maybe they remind us of someone in our life that that makes us feel uncomfortable, you know, that's that's what we call a trigger, right, where there's this overcoupling of different sensations, emotions, feelings in our body and it reminds us of another another scenario. It doesn't mean that person's unsafe. It's just that something about the sensory experience of interacting with that person is triggering an unconscious memory in our body. And this can happen a lot of the time. So these old scripts that are stored in our body are actually reacting to what's going on in the present time. You know, it also happens in the workplace. We see particular leaders who have a particular stress cycle that's the same. We can predict the same thing that we can happen. We can predict their behaviour. We learn it over a period of time. They consistently get the same feedback every year and nothing changes. That's old stress and trauma cycles stored in the body that are driving the behaviour that you experience. So this is what I'm talking about when I say, God, we get in our own way sometimes because it's these responses, these unconscious responses that are running the show. So what do we do about it? Well, we can build the capacity to sense what's going on on the inside. This is called interoception. And we can do this with somatic experiencing or somatic coaching, working with someone who's skilled and trained at working um, with trauma or is trauma aware and can, you know, support you to be able to learn how to be present to those unconscious feelings, the emotions that come up, the way that your body moves, the effect that it has on us and any meaning that you make of that. And unwind all of that in your body so that you have more capacity to be with what is coming up for you. And this is where we start to stop the self-sabotage pattern because you can't logically think your way through this. It's not that part of the brain that's impacted and it's held in the lower part of the brain. We call it the primal brain. That's the part of the brain that is connected to your nervous system. And it's unconscious for a reason. You know, this, like I say, the nervous system is our body's protective system. We really, really need it. And as we begin to do this important work, we build the resilience in our body. A resilient nervous system is the body's response to threat that helps it return to a normal steady state and range. And we call this state of this homeostasis the window of tolerance. So when trauma is in your body, you don't return to this homeostasis. Um, your nervous system will retain fight and flight or freeze energy. So this energy gets bound up 
in our body and it's kind of like a stress chemistry. So our nervous system can get stuck in on, which is sympathetic arousal, where we can feel a lot of muscle constriction, tension, anxiety, irritability, restlessness, hypervigilance or being really hyper alert. Or we can just be suspended in fear. Now, a lot of people are like this. A lot of people grew up, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago when they were parented by fear. So we find ourselves in a constant state of fear and the muscles can get constricted, they get really tense and they can get really sore. I mean, the other state that we can find ourselves is getting stuck in off, which is um, the freeze or the dorsal vagal shutdown. And when we're in this state, what we feel is a lot of disconnection, a lot of exhaustion, feeling heavy, frozen or flat. It's not a great place to be. So when we spend longer periods stuck in these states, we become more highly sensitive to our fears. And so what happens is we kind of narrow our choices and experiences in life because our window of tolerance, that homeostasis, that capacity to get back to that more resilient place narrows. And this can impact us in terms of our mental health. It can also impact body with disease. And it also creates these really strong neural pathways in our body of a particular response, which we end up going to all the time. And that's why you see a lot of people's behavior not change. Or, you know, you try all the behavioral strategies in the world, all the mindset work in the world, all the, I don't know, the repatterning, using systems theory, it doesn't change because it's not stored in the logical part of the brain. It's stored in the lower brain. We're working with a different part of the brain. Stress chemistry and, you know, all that stuck, bound up stress just really stops us from optimising our health. Like it just depletes our body's ability to heal itself. When we're in that homeostatic state, Usually our immune system works pretty well. We're able to take up the nurturance that good food, sleep offers us. Our stress hormones are okay. They're not like super high all the time. And we get muscle repair and inflammation can be low, you know, because we're sleeping well and a lot of that repair work happens at night. But also there's a whole lot of mental health repair that happens at night as well when we sleep. So when we're in that, window of tolerance in that sort of homeostatic state we feel more relaxed and alert we feel safe we're able to be present with others and it's not a lot of effort to interact and engage with other people because we're able to access our ventral vagal part of our nervous system which is our social engagement system and where our nervous system is designed that we return to this state we learn this in early childhood so if we aren't able to return to this state it's often those early childhood patterns that get in the way you know we have all these emotions that are here to help us I heard a saying recently that I've sort of mentioned to a few of my clients because I like it when it comes to emotions like you're the sky and the emotion is the bird that's just flying through so when we're able to express them in a really healthy and grounded way they just flow on through Of course, the only exception to that is probably growth because that comes and goes in waves. And those waves start as a tsunami and then over time they kind of dissipate and become a smaller wave. And with grief, 
you know, when we get to that stage, we're able to integrate loss of something that we loved, you know, with our sadness that we're experiencing and we're able to be with both at the same time. You know, stress and trauma that's held in the body is not about the event that happened to you. It's the neurological patterning that it's held or the neurobiology that neural pathway that you keep going down all the time and that you're acting out that way long after an event has passed and it's a very unconscious reaction so I know you know for many years many people that I work with particularly in the leadership development space you know the common advice you get is you know rather than being so reactive just pause take a breath well, these responses are so fast. Do you know they are three to four times faster than your logical brain's ability to pause and take a breath? And if you're already really stressed, it's so easy to go down those pathways. So what somatic work helps us to do is it helps us to, I guess, retrace that old um, pattern and unwind it, let it go, so that you're able to address the impacts that it's having on your physical or mental health and bring you into a more calm and spacious presence in your body. So those triggers that you used to have don't have power over you anymore. doesn't mean you won't experience them, but the, the impact of the experience will be tiny. And you have then more resilience to meet life as it comes on head, you know, head first at you. Life's always going to be stressful, okay? just is life's not meant to be easy is a famous saying but I do feel like part of being a human is experiencing the highs and the lows um, and the many moments of in between those benign moments you know and I've come to realize over the years that there's just many moments I have in life of just being content and sort of benign and I actually enjoy that space and that's kind of how it's meant to be and then, you know, when we do this somatic work, and this has certainly been my experience and the experience of people I work with, you know, we don't self-sabotage as much because we're aware of those triggers. We're aware of where we've disassociated and disconnected from our bodies, either interoceptively or, or maybe on a proprioceptive level. And that stuff comes through. But just know that, yeah, self-sabotage is, I don't really think that it's a thing. I think it's old neural pathways that are running the show or our old stress cycles and our trauma that are running the show. And so when we're able to work with it, we build more space in that window of tolerance and it helps our resiliency. It makes us more resilient because our body is able to return that homeostatic place, that wider window of tolerance, you know, where we're just content and happy and things can go on. We're meant to have all the nervous system reactions, but a healthy nervous system, we're able to come back to that place of, of tolerance, that place of resilience in the middle. So thanks for listening today. And if you've enjoyed what I've talked about, I'd love it if you could give me a little five-star review on whatever platform that you are listening to because that helps uh, other people be able to listen to this information and hopefully it is helpful to them have a fantastic week